All right. Hi, and welcome back to Rate That Album, a back-and-forth album review between myself, Joseph Fremming, and my good, good friend, Paul. Paul, are you down with P? I am down with P. So is R. Kelly. Yes. <laughs> Damn it, you stole my R. Kelly. We knew there was going to be an R. Kelly joke in there. <laughs> the song he dreamed of. Right? <laughs> yeah, <This> is... so... <laughs> this episode, we are talking about uh, the album, 1995, Return of the Rentals. Uh, the first... Uh, Kind of basically the first solo outing of uh, then Weezer bassist Matt Sharp. This album falls between their Blue Album, Return of the Rentals, uh, then Pinkerton, and then <laughs> basically the downfall of Weezer. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, um, so- yeah, go on. I have a lot to say about this. All right, so let's get the so this does fall in. So when this this came out in '95, it was uh, I vaguely remember the video for Friend of P. I so I vaguely remember it. I uh, forgot. But about I find like I at this time. It, so when Blue Album came out, we're in junior high. This came out. We're I think we're still. Because I remember Pinkerton came out. That was like freshman year of high school for us. Mm-hmm. And I remember Weezer fans hating it. <laughs> yes. And I think this is often gets forgot when people talk about Weezer. People hated Pinkerton. <laughs> they fucking just... And I was not a... I knew Buddy Holly, so I really had no horse in that race at the time. I didn't start listening to Weezer until my 20s. And even And even then I regret like... 90% of what I listened to. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so this this falls in between that weird uh, weird gap. Uh, I listen, I, li- I went, when I go back and listen to this, and then I listen to, like, because it's hard to, like, not see what Weezer's missing when you go 2001 and on, and it, it I, in my gut, it's this guy. Uh, he kind of added the flourishes, I think, some of the uh, atmosphere, the the distortions, because uh, you hear it on the this album, and you hear it on Pinkerton, and you hear it on Blue, and then Green Album on, it's gone. Mm-hmm. But this came out; uh, it's it only really made uh, uh, Return of the Rentals only really uh, was only like a. A thing I think with indie nerds, like it, it wasn't huge. Like I remember, like, like I said, I vaguely remember the video, and it came out. I didn't even start listening to it until probably like ten years ago. Like I was just anything Weezer. I I I walk cautiously mm-hmm. because I don't like a majority of what they've done. <laughs> I think Rivers Cuomo is an overrated sack of shit. Sure. Uh, I find their albums incredibly dull. And so when my buddy Dan, you know, Dan, he kind of like, I know Dan. Yeah. I think you'd like the rentals. Like, he's like, I know you're, I know you hate Weezer, but you might want to give these guys a shot. 
And I was like, so I listened to this and like a couple of their other albums. I'm like, you know what? This isn't too bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for me, um, I remember a lot of these songs. Um, this was on a lot of alternative radio play. Um, I believe it was, uh, and I forgot about Friends of P. I totally forgot about that song. And then when I heard it, when I when you know, when I listened to this, when we got to this, got to that song. I was like, oh fuck, these guys. I you know I like these guys. Um, then I listened to the album over and over and over and over. Um, but uh, yeah, no Friends of P. I think Waiting um, was another single of theirs. Um, basically like the first three, uh, I think the first three tracks are pretty much was like, you know, I don't think it was like on 93.7, the edge. I so think like it was. Myself, maybe. Friends of P was. Fr- Fr- Friends, Friends of P was, P but was. I think like some of these other tracks were probably more KVSC. Mm-hmm. If I was. KVSC, the current, which is the college stations, the public radio stations. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I want to say even move on. And was was on college radio quite a bit. Yeah, like so the first it four, its, it made its waves. But I I, th- I don't remember at the time that this was being uh, labeled as Weezer adjacent. It was just like here's the rentals. Maybe people didn't care back then. <laughs> Which is odd because this is very much Weezer adjacent. Yeah, well, it has the drummer and the bass. You have the rhythm section of Weezer on playing this album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So go on, Paul. So um yes, I love Friends of P. My kids were laughing the whole time listening to that song. Um I mean at the time I don't think I understood what the song was about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just assumed it was some guy whose nickname was just P. Um yeah, so I um well, listening to it over and over. There's a lot of things I like, and there is something in it that I absolutely despise having listened to this album a lot. <laughs> but there's a lot of good stuff on this. And I wonder if you feel the same way I do on it, what it is I despise. It feels so 90s for me. That's what I don't like. It feels very dated. Um for me. it feels like very much an album of the time, but not like endearing like when we reviewed cindy lopper you know what i mean like mm-hmm. that I, I i don't care if it was of the time i still love it yeah this i think it starts to kind of wear on me a bit for me it's the goddamn moog synthesizer <laughs> too much moog synthesizer on this thing i get they're trying to make it sound whatever but <sighs> yeah, they're trying to make it sound like futuristic almost mm-hmm. They really need 50,000 didgeridoos, Paul. 50,000 didgeridoos. <laughs> that would have done it. Yeah, no, the, the I mean, the Moog synthesizer, if done right, is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And for me, having it's listened... It's accents on songs. Like, a lot of people don't know. A lot of, like, on Abbey Road Beatles, a lot mm-hmm. of those, like, little flourishes are, are Moog. Yep, or Moog or Moog, yeah. yeah. Moog, yeah. Pink Floyd yeah. used it a lot. And like a Giorgio, as I said, Giorgio used it a lot. And 
Giorgio is kind of attributed because what he would do is he'd put the fucking click on the Moog synthesizer and get that. He created that sound. And so, yeah, it was used a lot. In this particular instance, though, it's used for like these gerbil and garble, like the 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 tones. It's a, it's almost like a sign or a sin um, tone, kind of you know. Um, I've messed with it on my guitar. The, what they've done, and the problem with what they're doing is is yeah, there's a way to control it, but a lot of it is like this. Okay, you just take wherever the tone goes and play it. And it, if you're gonna do it on like two or three tracks to an album great but my problem with this album is it's on every single fucking track and i wanted to just fucking punch him in the mouth and be like that's enough moog synthesizer man like (laughs) like just stop someone take it away they have two people on them like oh yeah you know matt sharp and tom grimley they got two guys on the moog synthesizer no 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 <laughs> yeah let's go back to dewey cox fifty thousand didgeridoos yeah, right it, it gets overbearing i agree with that 100 and i think maybe that gives for me like that vibe maybe that 90s vibe of the 90s vibe because a lot of like alternative rock bands were kind of like doing weird shit like that which it's fine in moderation like yep beck did it in moderation and that that was fine i think i think the big difference though is that okay remember we talked about in our Cindy lopper album um review we talked about how holy shit there was good synthesizer pop in the 80s we just yep. didn't know it because of fucking Pink Floyd and Phil Collins, um, which I mean, and what I mean by that is, is like again, we liked the Phil Collins one. We're just saying it feels very eighties. Um, yeah, it oversaturated the era. Yes, and I feel like like this gives us the nineties vibe because nobody uses the synthesizer like this in modern music. So yeah, it immediately <laughs> dates it. I'm pretty sure they don't make them anymore. Well, I, think, I, I think like one of the last ones was sold to like somebody like Neil Young or something. Who was just like because he loves everything analog, and I don't. Which I think I, I was kind of surprised by because I don't think I've ever heard instrument used on any of his albums. Yeah, interestingly, right? Maybe he just wanted one for nostalgic. Per- like I put it next Neil to his title train set, you know? Right, right, right. Exactly. So, yeah, no, it was just one of those things where I, uh, yeah, I could totally get it where it feels very 80s. And again, the, the, the problem for me also is the first three tracks are great, right? Yep. They're just awesome. And, but the album, to me, drops steam after those first, first three albums. I don't know about you. Yeah, it takes a, it takes a drop, but then they, they kind of pick up. Like the, I like the song These Days. Yes. They kind of yes. like the last two tracks, I think, kind of take it out well. Yep. I just maybe if they put a little bit more effort after Friends of P. Move On's all right. You know, I, I believe that's kind of like a slower ballad song, but uh, yep. if that was like squeezed in between Waiting and Friends of P. Yep. You know, a lot of times, a lot of times, like, I think we'll have our, our issues with this. I love making mixtapes and mix yes. CDs in my uh, teenage years. Like I loved it. Like 
figure out how to fade in and out and getting the next track in yep. and making it work. And it's an art form that, you know, I think is lost now. Yes. Because uh, I just, I, I don't, it's so easy to make them make that there's no risk where when we were making them on tapes, you'd have to rewind it. And if you fucked it up, you had to start all over. Again. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Mick tapes were an art. I mean, Anyone that has made a mixtape, you're a million percent correct. It's an art form to make a good one. Yeah, because you got to know the ebbs and flows of the vibe you're going for. Because if you throw a ballad in too early, it fucks it up. But if you have too many bangers, you're like, this would be where you have like those three solid tracks right off the bat. Mm -hmm. It's tough to sustain that energy. Yes. Yes, and uh, you know one thing I will say that I did like a lot of it, and they uh, uh, so you could tell, and you and I had a private discussion before we did this, which was this guy is probably the reason why we like Weezer, and when he wasn't in Weezer, we we stopped liking Weezer. Um, there's a pop sensibility here that's really good, but also he uses dissonance, and he uses off beats or off tones. Yep. In a, in, a, in a really smart way that then makes when it gets to the part, when it gets to the sweet spots, it's really good. Like on every song, it's catchy. It, there's a, it's hooky, but I just feel like those first three songs were so strong that I agree with you. I would have there. I would there's a there's a distinct order I would have put this album at. And it's not the way that it was put on. Like the track listing to me is is off. I agree. And so like we I'm I'm glad you bring up dissonance because I'm gonna go to two thousand two because he did sue Weezer. Oh really? Okay. He sued him. Uh his allegations were he he was owed royalties for co writing undone sweater song, which you talk about dissonance and weird uh phrasing and all that. That's a perfect example, like mm-hmm. like you know, if I wouldn't have heard this album or any rentals, and I'd be like, well, that that's a, you know, I, I don't know if that's true. But, like, hearing his solo, hearing his rentals work and other things, I can definitely see that he was instrumental in something like that. Yes, 100%. Did and he win he, the lawsuit? Okay. And then also in the lawsuit, he claimed he was owned, that he owned 25% interest in the first nine tracks of Pinkerton. Okay. Which, again... You listen to this, this falls in between Blue Album and Pinkerton. Pinkerton has a lot of this DNA in it. A ton of it. Ton of it. And so, uh, but the, he sued because those had been credit. those were credited solely to Rivers Cuomo. I, and this is a lot of shit, like, I don't, there's a, re- a lot of reasons I don't like Rivers, and this is, like, a lot of it, because I think he takes credit for sh- the good shit that he probably shouldn't be taken 100 percent of credit for yeah. it was settled out of court though but another another thing too uh the lawsuit also stated that cuomo was going to ask him to appear in the music video for their 2001 song island in the sun he had not been in the band <laughs> since 1998 what the fuck he quit and they if you don't if you remember their bass player at the time kind of had a mental breakdown Yes, I do remember that. I do remember that. And so, uh, so this is why I 
so it's kind of hard to not talk about Weezer when we're talking about the rentals because I do like I like this album. I agree with you the move, but it it feels like he had so much DNA in those two albums, and it's it's very uh, evident now when I go back and try to listen to him. I won't. I'll, like Green Album was horse. Mm-hmm. I think they're all horseshit, basically. <laughs> Mm-hmm. After Pinkerton, I'm not, and I'm not even a big fan of Blue Elbowing Pinkerton anymore, just because I, I've heard him so many goddamn times. Oh yeah, oh and yeah. I think people are just way too obsessed with that shit. Yep. But uh, it, it, it after he left, I feel Weezer lost its teeth. Yes. And they oh, became dude. like a lyricless version, like a less witty version of Steely Dan. like steely dan you know it's like very crisp pop music and whatever with jazz whatever but they had smart lyrics yep weezer is like that but they don't have the smart lyrics anymore (laughs) yeah i mean you listen to things like el scorcho and you're gonna tell me i mean you listen to this album and then you go listen to triangle yeah and you're gonna sit there and say that no this guy didn't have anything to do that was all rivers no 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 no, 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 it was no. It very much. It feels like a partnership mm-hmm. between those two, and I, and he doesn't really like I, and I totally understand. He, whenever they bring up Weezer in interviews with Matt Sharp, he just really doesn't like talking about it. And I think a lot of people also have to remember, like Pinkerton destroyed that band. Yeah, <laughs> they all yes uh, didn't like each other mm-hmm. <laughs> after making that. They, I mean, they stopped recording. But I, w- I remember what I, because I first heard this album, then I went on this deep dive on Matt Sharp and Weezer and Pinkerton, especially with the Pinkerton era. Mm-hmm. And I started watching the videos and like some of their live performance promoting that album. And he looked like he'd rather be anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> like if really? you watch the video for El Scorch, oh, you can just, he just looks bored as fuck. Or in the, and in the good life, he just looks like, and there was a couple, li- I believe it, there was like a live performance where he was just like, he didn't even want to play with them. Like, he just looked like he was just right. Re- he looked like John Paul Jones in the Led Zeppelin review. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, I'm, just like, get me. I'm, I'm actually pulling up right now. I'm actually taking a quick, while we're talking here, I'm putting up the thing here. And I'm looking at it here and the the video and yeah, it looks like nobody. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It looks like nobody wants to be there. Like no. nobody does. Like <laughs> Rivers looks like he's in pain. Yeah. 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 And it's funny because again, like a lot of, cause that album now has a whole life of its own. Like I'm sure there's like whole podcasts dedicated to every track or whatever on that album oh i'm sure people hated it when it came out then i remember that (laughs) i remember that i remember that people were like what the fuck is this brandon i won't say his he was like a neighbor of mine and like he was just obsessed with blue album and i was like yeah oh i think the yeah i remember the buddy holly video was clever or whatnot you know and kind of catchy and he was just like and then he was just like he popped Pinkerton and like he was just mad. <laughs> just Dude, a lot of people were mad. I yeah, a lot of people were mad. And then like I said, I remember um, P, um like I, I talked about my this one guy I worked with Phil was a big Weezer fan and went and saw them live. And when he came back, 
he was he was absolutely distraught. I can't remember which album he went. I think it may have been. I, I don't remember which album he, he went and saw them on when they were touring for. It would have been like in 2002, 2003, whatever, whenever that one came out. Maladroit, maybe. Maybe, maybe it was Maladroit. And, um, you know, at that point, Pinkerton started to become, people started to enjoy Pinkerton. And I guess some of the crowd was asking for El Scorcho and um, a couple of the other songs. And, quote, Rivers was like giving them the finger and go on and play something else. And, like, at one point, Rivers just stopped singing all together and made the crowd sing. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I I had friends who also saw it, and they said it was just, yeah. Like, they won't play, they, at least at that time, they wouldn't play anything off Pinkerton or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think they... They do now because well, it's, it's, it's gotten a life of its own. <laughs> it, it has. I mean, it's on. It's on a whole bunch of greatest greatest albums of all time, greatest albums of the nineties. Like people love Pickerton now, and here's a, here's a, so here, so like people like so a lot of things like with you know hindsight. So like, would Weezer be good if he was still with them? I don't think so. No. I, I just I think he did the, he made his right choice and here's a quote from him in 2006. People come up to me and say, "By the way, the last two Weezer records really sucked," and they're always saying saying it to get in good with me. And I haven't heard them. And if they were bad, they'd probably be just as bad if I was there. <laughs> didn't I, I didn't in an interview? Didn't he say something along the lines of like um? Uh, he doesn't believe in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And um, I remember hearing something about this because it was like a big deal that this guy was, that Matt was making fun of the, or was like dissing the Hall of Fame. And they asked him if he would show if Weezer got in there, he'd be in there. And he's like, no. Like, no, I did two albums with them. Why would I be at the Hall of Fame with them? Yeah. (laughs) I remember, yeah, that was a Rolling Stone thing. And he was just like, he was just like, no, I was only on the, the two albums like they're they've moved on like I, why would i play with them and like here's the thing he has played with rivers since like they've done like acoustic shows but uh i he will my guess is he just won't return to, he doesn't need weezer he has his he does his own million fucking things like he doesn't need that shit unless he gets really a bad gambling addiction or something <laughs> Um, Which has happened to many rock stars in the past, where they say never reunion and they get hard up for money. Yeah, well, you know that's what was that? That was uh, 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 the Zeppelin, right? Um, <laughs> Jimmy Page, Robert Plant. We're never gonna get together. I think the Who, right? Uh, they never really broke up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, but, I, but not the, isn't it? I mean, for a while there, it was just Peter Townsend and and. Uh, uh, yeah, Robert Daltrey. I mean, it was just yeah, and I think what they... it is now because the other two are dead. But yeah. well, that's true. That's yeah, true. it's yeah, it's you know a lot of these their lifestyles become so big that they need it, and you know, Matt Sharp seems to me like a guy who's just like he lives within his means and he doesn't need that shit. But he made his way in, so yeah, so so you hear the DNA 
of Weezer in here. And uh, but again, it's not flawless. It has its faults. I do like his voice. Yes, I like his voice a lot. Lot. I think he has a good pop sensibility. And this is his first album. And outside Weezer. So I gotta say, you listen to uh, which one? Like, is it Move On? Where you can totally hear Buddy Holly in it. Oh yeah. Where he does like the high, the off high note, um, which is in the dissonance, and. I mean, I'm just like, yeah, totally. Like, yeah, yeah. Rivers Cuomo pretty much ripped off Matt Sharp and just ran with some of his ideas. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. Unfortunately, he didn't do it well because, again, like Weezer is a band. Like, I, I would be uh, hard. I it'd probably be difficult for me to like for us to do an actual rate that album on a Weezer album. <laughs> I would just yes. I would either be bored or angry or probably both. <laughs> Right, but this I, I this is a pleasant album. It's pleasant enough. Like you said, the Moog gets overbearing, very overbearing at times. Like yeah, just, just 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 knock it off. We get it. Oh man, yeah, I I I, I gotta agree. Like we like Wee's Halen or whatever the fuck it was sucks. I forget what it's called. <laughs> Van Weezer. Yeah, that's it. Van Weezer. I always forget what even they named it. Van Weezer. It fucking pisses me off. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm a masochist. Like they'll put something out, and I'll, I'll, I'll give it a, at least the first track a shot. I made it through probably like five tracks of Van Weezer. And I was just like, I just, like, I just, I just want to kill. I myself. did too. Because I, I thought about doing it for the show, <laughs> and I was listening to it. And I went, I'm not subjecting. Me and um, me and 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 Joe to this. I'm like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. That would suck. Oh, I'd have to be in a pretty salty mood to pick a fucking Weezer album for us to yeah to listen to. Like that, I'm already talking about their bullshit, but like having to listen to that, I uh, fuck no. God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, so I think we're in agreement. The first three tracks are solid. Yep. Uh, if you want to make like a nice little. Uh, if you're making like a nice mix or something, throw those on. Yeah, I mean it's it's not a great album all the way through again, uh, but it has like the moments that I enjoy. So like the first three tracks and the last two make a a solid five album. Yep, absolutely. Um, and I would say you know, hey, if you're gonna listen to this, you might be better off changing the order of every other, right? Like. Yeah. I'm searching for love, then move on, then waiting, then please let that be you. Um, then friends of P and then my summer girl and then these days and then brilliant boy, then naive, then sweet. Like there is a better mix in here. <laughs> um, and I think it, it, honestly, I think that's does the album of disservice, the way it's mixed and the way yeah. the tracks are put in. Yeah. Um, that, that was a problem in the nineties too. Like, uh, a lot of albums in the 90s especially alternative albums uh alternative rock albums were top heavy with the hits yeah and that was because those would people look in like at a cd and see that those tracks in a row they're probably more likely to buy it and you know you're right that was a problem in the 90s where they front loaded like, their never, stuff never mind has the same problem for me 
Yeah, it, absolutely. It's so top heavy with the hits. Like, yep. I just and I don't even really. I'm so burnt out on those hits that I probably just skip all the way down to territorial pissings and then. <laughs> well, and this is the other thing, right? Is that you nailed it there. It was different. Albums were different in the '90s because it was all radio hits and this and that. So hit track this, hit track that, you know, and they would, you know, they would put the album, they put some of the songs that they assumed were going to be hits out beforehand. And then the ones that were, that did it, they kind of, you know, Radiohead is one of the few bands that, and they didn't give a fuck. They wanted to mix it the way they wanted to mix it. Um, but most bands in the nineties were fell into that fucking trapping. Absolutely. Absolutely. A lot of times it's the labels mm-hmm. pressuring them to, you know, and so that was like, so yeah, that's why a lot of those albums in the nineties are so top heavy with, I mean, even you look at Pearl Jam 10, like the first three or four tracks are all the singles. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just, that's how the business was done. Unless you were a band like Radiohead or Nine Inch Nails or whatever, who could ha- had the clout, I to think. To tell the label to fuck off. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. just do that. But like when you're a newer band, like say the Rentals, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure you don't get that kind of pull on right. your debut album. <laughs> right, right, absolutely. So yeah, I think we're in agreement with this album, which is kind of nice that we completely agree. Yeah. Um, on that um, I do find something interesting though real quick I did look into like I try not to look into the bands that you look into you know that you kind of introduced me to but with this one when I heard Friends of P I was like oh fuck this band and <laughs> I didn't know that in their lifetime Maya Rudolph like was essentially like a not a true member of the band but did a lot of shit for them live wise and in the studio yeah, it's one of their albums. They had Patrick Carney from the Black Keys as their drummer for some reason. It's very strange. And one of their backup vocalists, Sherry Lynn Westrich, is now the Iowa, um, the uh, uh, Republican Iowa House Prime, um, Iowa House um, District 18 um, chair. <laughs> like. Oh, Oh yeah, and then you got Petra Hayden, uh, you know, part of that dog and Yep. Decemberus. That dog I love. That's a good band too. And I love the Decemberus. Um, I'm a huge fan of the Decemberus. Yeah. Yeah, Patrick Wilson is the drummer. Not that Patrick Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> well, from Speed Two Cruise Control. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he was with Weezer, you know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's really interesting to me, just kind of the dynamics of it. I feel like he wanted to be like the Phil Collins, like, I'll do drumming for both. Like, wherever, like, I'll do drumming for Matt Sharp and I'll stick with Weezer. Oh, I like this mix. Oh, Rivers hates it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I fuck Rivers. I, that's a, that's just a guy who crawled up his own ass. That is, it is. He got destroyed by his own ego. Completely agree with you. Yeah, I just. I, but I do like the rentals. 
I do like the rentals. I do and like Matt the Trump rentals. Does have like a like an acoustic solo album I really like too that he put out I think in the early two thousands. But yeah, I would I would recommend it. It's not solid. It's not like great all the way through, but it it's a pleasant enough lesson. It has songs that I throw on I'll throw on mixes and stuff just because mm-hmm. it's it's, it's kind of different and kind of weird. Even for like the nineties, I think parts of it are still kind of like, well, that's a weird choice. <laughs> yeah. And I have to agree with you. Like, yes. Do I, do I recommend the album? Yeah, absolutely. I recommend the album. There's some great songs on here. Um, like I said, I'm, you know, you might be better off and have a better experience with the full album by putting it on shuffle rather yeah. than listening to it all the way through and then grab the tracks that you like and put it in your mix. Cause I threw on four tracks in this album. I have a, a massive mega mix through YouTube music that's like well over 1300 songs now and I just threw four more from this uh, actually I threw in uh, five more from this album so yeah yeah absolutely it's a good listen funny enough uh, because I listened to that Lindsey Buckingham album you suggest we did yeah uh, my Spotify kept putting them on mix my mixes so I had to go on <laughs> My Spotify app and block that fucker. Oh no! Yeah, he's <laughs> it was just new... popping up like, dear God, why is this song playing? Oh man, I'm sorry. That's the danger of rate that album. It the bad ones. <laughs> a lot never happened with the Mandolier. She doesn't pop up all the time because she doesn't have anything out there that can pop up because it's not on Spotify, sir. <laughs> There's tracks. There's tracks. say it anger doesn't pop up (laughs) oh man all right are you ready for what i'm gonna pick for next time yeah let's hear it let's hear your pick so my pick is we're gonna jump into a genre we haven't listened to in a in a uh i don't think at all which is country um and we're gonna do 12 golden country greats by Ween. I love that album. Me too. So <laughs> I play that when I go to Hillbilly Bars all the time. Yes, we're going to do 12. And I followed up with Mr. Richard Smoker. <laughs> we are going to discuss that because I'm uh, the reason why I'm bringing that up selfishly is I'm going to go see Ween uh, next month. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they're coming. They're coming through. I'm going to see them um, at the uh, at the Surly Festival, whatever um, field. Nice. Yes, yeah. sir. Yeah. Wait till you see like that album's interesting because it has a lot of like classic Nashville dudes, mm-hmm. like people who busted their ass in Nashville, and like, yes, like had like names in that area. Like maybe not like known to like casual listeners, but like they're like some of the best of the best country western players <laughs> oh yeah oh, we yeah. assembled well, for their joke album for their joke country album yeah no we're gonna talk a lot about this i think you know it's gonna be a long time before we get through um um we get through to Ween uh proper so i think we'll be discussing a lot about the band itself while we're doing that album because i don't think there's gonna be a better time other than doing their country album. So, yes, sir, we are going to go to the great land of the Southwest and listen to 12 Golden Country Greats. It's only 11 songs long. Uh, 10. 
it's, missing, it's missing two of their two of their hits. It's missing two of their hits because the label won't let them have it. Because um, no. <laughs> um, the ten were just good enough for twelve, you know. The ten were good enough for twelve, and they really are. Um, yeah, there's gonna be a lot we're gonna talk about this because man, this is not a PC album. Um, so we are gonna we are gonna do some discussions here. Um, so. On that, uh, Joe, I uh, we can maybe do some plugs. Finally, what do you have going on with the Joe Down? Oh God, we're still working on Sports Month. We just put out the Caddyshack review. Yes, you did. God, I love that movie. It's yes, such sir. a cocaine filled mess. Just, it is a cocaine filled mess. Oh God. And it's also because, uh, yeah, it was written. <sighs> It they had like a script and then they just went completely off script because of Bill Murray and and uh, Chevy and Chevy Chase, Chase right? Ad libbing and making and Rodney Dangerfield because it was supposed to be the Danny guy. It was coming age of age story and that just hit the tr- cutting room floor. And then they had to Bill Murray came up with the idea of the Gopher, <laughs> the dancing Gopher, as like the one plot thread that strings it all together. <laughs> Because yeah. if you watch the movie, it's just like a bunch of skits. That's all it is. Mrs. Hooperman. Mrs. <laughs> Hooperman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did somebody step on a duck? duck? <laughs> Bark like a dog. Bark like a dog. <laughs> oh, look yeah. at that head. Looks like you get a free bowl of soup. <laughs> <laughs> but it looks good on you. <laughs> it looks good on you. <laughs> Everyone's just blowed out of their minds. Oh God! Look at Dangerfield's eyes; they're just bugging out more than <laughs> more than normal. That's, yep. that's a that's got to be an unhealthy amount of coke he had in the system. So, but yeah. So, what's going on with you, Paul? Uh, we got this, and I'm going to start working on uh, the next one of Stranger Things. So Sweet. that's that's where we're at. Awesome. Uh, that's all I got. All right. All right. All right. Well, take us out, Paul. Well, if you're friends with P, well, then you're friends with me. (laughs) 